Welcome to the evening worship service here at Broadway Baptist Church in the heart of Lexington, Kentucky. So glad you're able to join us. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 41. We'll also be turning over in our Old Testament book of Amos, Amos chapter 8. So go ahead and open up your Bibles. We're so glad you're able to join us here. We are going here on uh, going through a sermon series here on Sunday evenings at Broadway Baptist on the life of Joseph. And we've got um, a lengthy scripture, a story we're going to tell about Pharaoh's dream. Joseph rose up and interpreted that dream of Pharaoh's. And it really, God is going to use this event to release him from prison. But before we read the scripture, uh, we're going to be talking about a famine. So I want to look up here on the screen about what is a famine. Have you ever heard that word, a famine? A famine is extreme scarcity of food. By definition, that's what a famine is. It's a a shortage, starvation. When you have nothing to eat, when there is extremely little food, people are starving. They're dying. And people people not in America, but people throughout the world, some parts of the world, still today die of starvation. Food shortages are a reality for millions of people throughout our world. Now, what does this have to do with COVID? You say, well, COVID's not a famine. And I'm going to say, yes, it is a famine. Uh, Later on, I'm going to show you the scripture. We're going to end and we'll, we'll see how it is a famine. COVID has created a famine, but it's a different type of famine. It's a famine, not one of lack of food. In fact, and for many folks, they have more food to eat during COVID. They have more time and more, uh, more uh, uh, you know, opportunities to eat while at home. Someone, uh, I heard somebody say, a fellow pastor, make a comment how, have you put on the COVID-19? Say, what's the COVID-19? It's 19 pounds since the, uh, the pandemic started by just sitting around watching Netflix all the time. So it's very easy to sit around. So obviously COVID, by definition, itself is not a famine. But what has COVID created? A famine, we're going to turn to, not yet, is a lack of hearing the Word of God. Listen, churches, like our church right now, this morning, we did not meet in person. The governor asked our church to close. I mean, think about it. Here at Broadway Baptist, we had nine consecutive Sundays this spring where we did not meet in person. We had two Sundays, two consecutive Sundays, our governor asked us, and we honor his request to not meet in July. And then here we are in around Thanksgiving and the first few Sundays in um, uh, December. He asked for four Sundays in November and December, not to meet. So you look at this year in 2020, 9, 10, 11, plus 4. Out of 52 Sundays, 15 of them, 15 Sundays, people were not allowed into the sanctuary. They could hear the word of God online, but they they, this place was a closed sanctuary. Now, the problem, I said, what does that have to do with being a famine? When the gospel is not being preached, 
and you're not sitting in your pew, and you're not attentively listening to the Word of God, you can experience a famine of hearing the Word of God. Sunday school hasn't been meeting. Maybe folks obviously are studying online themselves, but you, we are not in the assembly. We are not called. There's nothing more powerful than in-person coming into the presence of God, into the presence of other believers, and worshiping together in person. God created us. The, the Jews went to the temple in person. One of the best little graphics I've seen is a guy who went to heaven, and he said, God, you know, I didn't worship in person, but I worshiped online through video. And then God responded to the little man and said, you know, you're right. You did attend church on video through the Internet. And you watched through a screen. So what we'll do, you don't get to come to, per to heaven in person. You can sit over here and watch heaven and participate in heaven through a video screen. Well, obviously, we don't want heaven to be like that. And we, we um, long term, certainly don't want churches church to be like that. But I share this because I believe many Christians have attended less worship, less spiritual vitality, less serving the Lord, less growing in their faith this year than maybe any other year in their life as an adult, or at least as a believer, because they have not had the opportunity to come into the presence of God in a worship service. Open up your Bibles, Genesis chapter 41. At the end of two years, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing beside the Nile when seven healthy-looking, well-fed cows came up from the Nile and began to graze among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, sickly and thin, came up from the Nile and stood beside those cows along the bank of the Nile. The sickly, thin cows ate the healthy, well-fed cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Seven heads of grain, plump and good, came up on one stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven plump full ones. Then Pharaoh woke up, and it was only a dream. Pharaoh is the most powerful man in all the world, especially there in Egypt. He's the king of Egypt, yet he is still having a dream. God's speaking to him through a dream, and this dream we see, you know, obviously we're using animals, healthy cows. Then the thin cows come up and eat the healthy ones. Uh, good, nice, ripe heads of grain. Then scrawny, scorched ones come up later and eat and destroy the healthy ones. And he's confused. He says, why am I having these vivid dreams? wonder what's going on here. God is working He's setting the stage, setting the scene for the rise of Joseph. This is how Joseph finds himself in the palace. It goes on to say, verse 8. When morning came, 
Pharaoh was troubled. So he summoned all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I remember my faults. Do you know what he saw him out there? Remember the cupbearer told Joseph, because Joseph, chapter earlier, interpreted his dream. And he, and he was, the cupbearer was in prison with Joseph, but years earlier, he got uh, restored to his place of giving the king his food before, um, uh, after, after he was restored. And he told Joseph, he said, Joseph, I will remember you because I know you're an innocent man and I'll get you out of this prison. Well, once you get out of prison, you forget about people who are, who are still in prison. Once you rise out of misery, you don't sit around and think about those days. It's easy to forget, forget where you came from. No one wants to remember the dark, difficult, gloomy days of our lives. No, we have, we have great plans for the future. He's back in the palace. You're thinking, I'm, I'm returning, serving the Lord. And so he's now remembering his fault. Pharaoh was angry with his servants, and he put me and the chief baker in the custody of the captain of the guards. He and I had dreams on the same night. Each dream had its own meaning. Now a young Hebrew, a slave of the captain of the guards, was there with us. We told him our dreams. He interpreted our dreams for us, and each had its own interpretation. It turned out just as the way he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was hanged. What encouraging encouraging thing there. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and they quickly brought him from the dungeon. He shaved, changed his clothes, and went to Pharaoh. So when you appear before Pharaoh, you have to shave, you have to put decent clothes on. Nobody comes into Pharaoh's presence looking like a prisoner. So we're getting cleaned up. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and no one can interpret it. But I've heard it was said about you that you can hear a dream and interpret it. I am not able to, Joseph answered Pharaoh. It is God who will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Look at Joseph. Joseph has really matured tremendously while in prison. You know what, did, you know what prison did for um, Joseph? It built and developed his character. When you're alone, when you are maybe in Joseph's case, he was he lost that opportunity. He was robbed against because he was wrongfully accused from Potiphar's wife, and he's there locked up. And he's had time to develop his character, and God is lifting up and using him. And he's at the point where he knows, I, I'm gonna, it's not me who's given interpretations. It's the Lord. Look at verse 17 here. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, in my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile when seven well-fed, healthy-looking cows came up from the Nile and grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other weak cows came up, very sickly and thin. I've never seen such sickly ones as these in all the land of Egypt. Then the thin, sickly cows ate the first seven well-fed cows. When they had devoured them, you could not tell that they had devoured them. Their appearance was as bad as it had been before. Then I woke up. What a frightening dream. In my dream, I also saw seven heads 
of grain, full and good, coming up on one stalk. After them, seven heads of grain, withered thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up. The thin heads of grain swallowed the seven good ones. I told this to the magicians, but no one could tell me what it means. They do not understand why these scrawny pieces of grain, the scrawny cows, are devouring the healthy ones. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dream means the same thing. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. So this is a plan of what we're going to see. The seven thin, sickly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind are seven years of famine. It is just as I told Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. Have we had seven good years here in America? Have we had an abundance? Have we received a blessing? You know, in many ways, just being in our country, we have safety nets. And we have opportunities. And one of the things we see here is they had to save and store up their grain because weather patterns affected them much greater than today. We wake up, and truthfully, you think about it. Most of our lives, the weather, whether it's 100 degrees outside or 25 or 20 or 15 degrees outside, whether it's raining, snowing, or sunny, for the most part, we're unless it dumps a lot of snow and ice, we're going to do what we're going to do. The weather and climate does not affect us. But there, when you are a agrarian culture and you're growing, you know, a bad, a bad storm could devastate your crop, and that's that's what happened here. The famine has gotten a hold, and it is going to de devastate their land. It says in verse thirty. After then, seven years of famine will take place, and all the abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten. The famine will devastate the land. When the bad things come, all the folks could think about is how tragic and terrible this famine is. There's no food to eat. We've lost everything we've owned. Bad days are ahead of us. And they forgot about the abundance. The abundance, verse 31, in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it, for the famine will be very severe. Since the dream was given twice to Pharaoh, it means that the matter has been determined by God, and he will carry it out soon. That's for the double, uh, the double interpretation of it. Let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint overseers over the land and take a fifth of the harvest of the land of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. Let them gather all the excess food during these good years so that, that are coming under Pharaoh's authority, store the grain in the city so they may preserve it as food. The food will be a reserve. So Joseph is telling a plan. He's even telling Pharaoh what to do. You need to save up. For seven years, that way you've got abundance for the time and the difficult days of famine. 
The food will be a reserve for the land during the seven years of famine that will take place in the land of Egypt. Then the country will not be wiped out by the famine. God has given this young man, Joseph, the wisdom of telling Pharaoh, if you want to save your people, save your land, these seven years of an abundance, you need to store the grain. You need to be prepared for when tough, difficult, dark days come, you're ready. Are you ready for this? Have you been storing up in abundance? Now you say, well, abundance of what? What do we make our abundances? Is it worldly wealth? No. Our treasure is in heaven. We invest in kingdom relationships. We invest in others with a greater purpose so ultimately they get saved. We invest and talk to other people and build friendships and opportunities so people can be pointed to the gospel. Investing in the kingdom, you pour your time, your resources into wonderful churches such as Broadway with a greater purpose so they can reach our city here in Lexington, our state, and our nation with the gospel. I want to be a part of a church that's on fire for Jesus, that sees people saved, that's boldly proclaiming, thus saith the Lord. And investing in treasure in heaven is, is what he's talking about here. This is how we invest. God is raising up Joseph to ultimately save his family, his father, Jacob, and all his brothers to bring them to, the, to Egypt so they can have food to eat. That's the story of Joseph we're going to see here. This is not just some accidental famine. This is the Lord completely at work. Now, I'm going to flip in my Bible to the book of Amos. Amos chapter 8. I started out this message asking you, is COVID-19, is that a famine? Well, it, it's actually a pandemic. A famine is lack of food. But Amos chapter 8 tells us that there is a famine that is different because the Bible says we will not eat on, on, on bread alone. We cannot live on bread alone. Food, drink, only keeps us alive so long and so far. The bread of earth does not get us to heaven. We are not saved by the food we eat here. We're saved by the bread of life, Jesus Christ. But look here what it says. Amos chapter 8, verse 11. This is a different type of famine. Look, the days of, are coming. This is the declaration of the Lord God. When I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of bread or of thirst for water, but of hearing. Look at this. Hearing the words of the Lord. It's not that the word of the Lord, guys, don't miss this. It's not that God's word isn't around. Guys, there's churches all through our Lexington. You can turn on Facebook, YouTube, the TV. The word of God is being preached. You can go to Amazon and order any Bible you want ever made, and it'll be at your house in two days. 
It's at our disposal. So it's not that the word of God isn't around. It's the hearing of the word of God. What that means is there's so many other voices. There's so many other attention grabbing desires and influences on your life. It will pull you away. It will rob you. You will experience a famine from hearing this. Think about it. We are in Sunday night church. There was once a time on Sunday evenings, you could almost expect, and I remember these days, if there was 100 people on Sunday morning, 50 would show up on Sunday night. 500 on Sunday morning, 250 on Sunday night. About half your folks came back Sunday night. There's nothing, a lot, a lot of things weren't going on. Stores were closed. It was just kind of, what do you do on Sunday evenings? You eat dinner, you go to church. Or you go to church and then you go out to dinner. Sunday nights, you came and you heard God's Word. A lot of times on Sunday night, the preacher would preach for 40, 50 minutes. It'd be a longer sermon. Be a more, what you call, expository sermon. You would dive deep into God's Word. It was more of a Bible study. And all of a sudden, a lot of folks don't go to church on Sunday nights. Now, very few people go. The church don't have Sunday nights. Or it's online Sunday night. It's different. And that's one less opportunity from hearing God's Word. It's not like it's out there. But listen, there's a temptation. Why would you want to go to church on your computer or on your phone when the news is on or when football's on or when a, a, a show is on, a movie, a Christmas movie's on? There's all these competing influences that basically pull you and redirect your attention from away from God's Word. You, came, you came in expecting this, to hear God's Word, and you ended up over here. It's a distraction. We are surrounded by distractions. And Satan wants to distract us, you, away from the Bible, from God's Word. Look at verse 12. People will stagger from sea to sea and roam from north to east seeking the word of the Lord. But they will not find it. Meaning, they don't even know what they're looking for. What are they looking for? They're looking for God. But they don't realize that is their greatest human need. In that day, the beautiful young women, the young men also, will faint from thirst. They're just dying. They're hungry for something. Those who swear by the guilt of Samaria and those and say, as your God lives, Dan, or as the way of Beersheba lives, they will fall never to rise again. Meaning they just, they collapsed in lack of food and water. And the reason why is because they did not have the word of God. Man does not live on bread alone. You can die of starvation and go directly to heaven. You can starve yourself to death of food and go straight to heaven with Jesus Christ in your heart. 
But you can die here on earth with a full meal, plenty of food in a total abundance and go straight to hell because you do not have the bread of life. You have not eaten from what Jesus has offered. There's a famine. It's from hearing God's word. We, every time we hop in the car, every time we turn on the TV, every time we do something, you are fighting against this famine. And it wants to rob you, still destroy this desire for the Lord. And don't let it. We have to constantly fight against this. Tonight, I want to ask you, God raised up Joseph because he was there getting ready for a famine. Difficult days were coming. We're in the midst of a famine. A COVID-19 famine has pulled many people away from the word of God. Have you surrendered to it? Have you given in to this famine? Are you hearing God's word like you used to? I want to invite you this coming week, we reopen. Wednesday night, we'll have Bible study right here. It's coming Wednesday at 6.30. Next Sunday, worship at 10.30 in person. I want to invite you to come and worship in the presence of other people. God wants you to hear his word boldly preached and proclaimed. God bless you. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And then you let me know. We have a connection card here on the link. You let me know if you have prayer requests or anything you want to make a decision about what it means to follow Christ. Dear Jesus, I thank you for those who are listening tonight. I pray for those that are in great need of the gospel. Those that are in great need of hearing the word of God. Lord, I pray that you speak to us. We take these words and we do not let them go void. Lord, if there's anybody here that needs to eat from the, the bread of life that you give, I pray they will make that decision. Reach out to us here at the church and make that decision public. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you for guiding us through this pandemic, this, this famine. And we don't want to experience a lack of your word like Amos did. Raise us up like Joseph, that we boldly speak the truth, even to Pharaoh. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful week. We are 12 days away from Christmas. Uh, it's like 12 days of Christmas. They're getting ready for the countdown. So I hope um, the Lord certainly blesses you. God bless you. I'll see you Wednesday evening at 630 here in the sanctuary.